sex on the first date, does it ruin the relationship or potentially help strengthen the relationship? Hmm. Does it matter? I mean, look, I don't Somebody have asked the question, so it must really? matter. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I look at it like this. If having sex on the first date ruins the relationship, what are we saying about that relationship inherently? Like, what does it mean if, well, we fuck too early? You know, I, it's, and this is coming from somebody who I'm not opposed to sex on the first date. I've had sex on a first date before and it's gone famously. I've had relationships that I've been in for a year and a half before having sex the first time and they've gone famously. I've also had the reverse happen in both situations. I kind of think it sort of depends on the relationship. It might have more to do with how you feel about sex on the first date. For mm -hmm. example, do you look at somebody differently if you're able to fuck them on a the first date? I don't. I've got friends that I fuck. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily, I'm just one of those people that as much as I love sex and I'm very, very sex positive, I don't add all these extra things and meanings to it because I've managed to fuck somebody. And if it's somebody I start dating, you know, again, what's the situation? It may be somebody I've been a friend with for five years and we decide to fuck. And then during sex decide, Hey, maybe we should make a relationship out of this. I've had that happen before, you know? Um, and I've been on a first date and we realized it was a first date on the date. And we're like, okay, so are we ready to go? Like, well, yeah, but my hotel room is right there. Well, I mean, you don't have to tell me twice. And I always keep my slut kit with me. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't have a hard and fast rule towards it one way or the other. I tend to think if sex ruined the relationship, there was something wrong with the relationship to begin with. Um, particularly if you were intending it to be a sexual relationship. I don't necessarily see sex in the first date ruining it. Now, all of that said, this is the whole, you know, everything before the butt doesn't matter. The difference there is if the relationship becomes only about the sex, and by the way, I don't think that's a problem, but for some people it is. You can have a very, very sexual relationship and there's not much else to it. I, that's not, people have fuck buddies, people have friends with benefits, people have relationships that are just better when they're fucking, you know, mm -hmm. and I've been there too. That is fine, that's okay. But if you're trying to have a, a I hate the, these phrases, but deep, meaningful, romantic, you know, relationship, and you start fucking on the first date, and basically all you do is fuck, and the relationship in between fucking is just planning to fuck the next time, you know, if that is a problem for you, that might be an issue. So I, I think the key is, you know, what role do you want sex to play in that relationship? Two, are you all in agreement on it? Because if that person looks at you differently because you fucked them on the first date, and then that could have created a problem. But, you know, I'm not one to say you should always keep your legs closed. On the, I mean, some first dates go fucking phenomenally, you know, and, and it's like it's I know people that have been disappointed because sex didn't happen on the first date because the date went so well. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, now, of course, there's the always the asterisk in the age of covid. Maybe you should check each other's temperature before you start fucking. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Or you cut know, a hole or, in a shower curtain. Yeah, something like that. Or, you know, quarantine, you know, for 14, go on a first date, quarantine for, you know, for 14 days. And then, you Meet know, at the glory midnight, hole. 
yeah, at midnight at the 14th day, you know, you, you I don't care if you guys do it in the parking lot at that point. I mean, whatever, you know, I, to me, it one I'm not one way or the other. I don't necessarily think that it ruins it or that it makes it necessarily stronger. I think it has to do with the relationship and the role you want sex to play. My personal opinion. What you got, Nikki? I agree. I think that um, this is why you're brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> one of the one of the many reasons. Um, I think though that the question begs a little bit more um, depth in that, like, so for example, one of the things that I have found from you know just friends of mine that have been. Uh, you know, like they've gotten into sex on the first date or, you know, whatever. And they started a relationship, as you said, sort of down a path where sex was the relationship. And one person, and this was years ago, one person said to me, once you've had sex with somebody, asking them their favorite flavor of ice cream seems kind of awkward, which it doesn't to me, but I understand where they're going with that in that, you know, sometimes like the kind of getting to know you thing feels rushed for some people once they've bumped uglies, right? You know, they're, they're already kind of as physically intimate as they can be. And so saying, okay, so now let's get to know each other on a mental level for some people, especially like the puritanical society type okay. of thing right. can feel yeah. like they're sort of like, okay, well, now we have to go back and do all of this stuff. It's almost like they skipped the steps that they needed yeah. to get to that point. And once they're there, it's hard to acknowledge, okay, there's a whole bunch of steps that we still need to go through. Um, so there's that. The other thing is, is that having sex on the first date often means that you didn't really have enough time to get to know what each person wants out of that relationship. So you might have one person who's wanting sex out of that relationship and one person who's wanting to develop something and it, they've kind of already gotten into this person's go-kart, right? And they're heading towards whatever. Um, then there are some people who do feel like sex is a prize to be won and they will not really respect people um, for having sex on the first date. Personally, I think that's kind of an asshole move. Um, however, there are people, and, and I've actually been one of them, who um, has had sex with somebody relatively early on and then I didn't particularly want to see them again because they weren't up to my personal standards. Right. So, you know, there's there's a lot of um, and I might have known that kind of from the beginning, if I had spent a little bit more time digging into what their standards were. Um, so I think there's a lot of things to kind of like get in there. I think that if you're heading down a path of I want this to be a long term relationship, you know, where we get to know each other and so on and so forth, that's maybe the types of things you discuss before having sex. Now, whether that's on the first date or not, I wouldn't make that call. But I'd say if there's like, you know, expectations you want to set for a relationship, get those expectations and negotiations in place before taking the steps that lead to the type of intimacy that you require those types of relationships for. Yeah. I also think, and this is this is kind of the last thing that I'm going to put into there, and this is this is a critical thing. 
I think a lot of people push for sex early in a relationship because they realize if they spend too much time with somebody, that person's probably not going to like them enough to have sex with them later. And that's something I always watch out for. Anybody who seems like they really, really want to have sex quickly and they are not patient enough to wait suggests to me that, you know, they're kind of like, well, I better get the sex before they realize I'm an asshole. Mm. Okay. And that, yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. Earlier when you were, you know, talking about that, it's uncomfortable to ask someone's favorite flavor of ice cream after you've had sex <laughs> I was trying to understand why, but it occurred to me and the, the thoughts that I were having, and then you actually said it when you were talking about puritanical roots. So the thoughts that I were having is that sounds very sex negative. Like somehow you have it to does. pull everything back before the sex, because after the sex is over, then that's all people ever want. And it kind of gives, it sounds like a very sex negative, very sort of linear way of thinking as far as people go. Sex is something that adults do. And I think that having this sort of vaulted, um, I don't know, status or, or whatnot on it makes it so that questions like this become much more complicated and much more difficult. I mean, because mm -hmm. here's the thing. If you are starting relationships with people that are going to become sexual at some point, at some point, you're going to become sexual. How many people actually wait to reveal everything about themselves to somebody before having sex? And that this has nothing to do with whether or not you have sex on the first date or the third date. Because I'm sorry, in the beginning of a relationship, you don't know anybody that well in the first couple of months. You are learning yeah. as you go. So, I mean, and if that's the case, what's the difference if you have sex on the first date or the third, especially if we're talking like within a week or within a month or something like that? You know, if you, you know, only go on a date once a year and whatnot, but you've been communicating heavily, you know, virtually or something like that between then, you might know each other pretty well by the time you get to the third date. But I, I, I don't see necessarily that because I would have no problem asking somebody, well, what's your favorite? I might ask after sex, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Like it's. Plus the fact that you're communicating anyway. And I also think that it sort of assumes that communication stops when sex happens, which is another problem I have. As somebody who's a sex educator, a sexuality educator, and is very sex positive, you need to be communicating during sex. How do you like this? Do you like that? Was that good for you? Do you want to do that again? Ask immediately afterwards, are you okay about the fact that we just fucked and it's literally, we've known each other for 48 hours? I mean, like, but again, I'm, as I mentioned earlier, I'm pretty straightforward. I will just ask questions like that. Like I don't have a problem because I want to know, mm -hmm. you know, I don't yeah. want to assume, I don't want to guess. I, I don't have a problem with just kind of throwing that out there. But again, we are adults. So this is me saying, if anybody out there is curious, yes, I will fuck on the first date, but I don't have to. I'm going to communicate nonstop. I, I'm in a relationship with people that I've been in a relationship with for three years and we're constantly communicating and talking before and after sex. I mean, it's just, I don't understand this. Somehow sex changes everything. The only reason it changes things is if you let it change things, at least in my personal opinion. So that actually segues perfectly into some thoughts that I was having while you were going through that. And that is for some people, sex literally does change everything because it changes their pheromonal and emotional re reaction to another person. So mm. you actually, by by going through that and saying, I don't understand all of this, blah, 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 you actually clarified it for me on behalf of others. And that is the idea that once some people have sex, the distraction of more sex and the oxytocin bonding that has just happened makes the verbal and mental 
intimacy more difficult because they're distracted because they're already starting to bond pair bond in, in various ways yeah. with somebody that they don't really yet know, right. which, you know, so that to me, I can understand that could make things feel really awkward. Yeah, um, be, yeah, well, so, and, and you're distracted, like you say, because the next time you're with somebody that you've already had sex with once, you could be trying to have a getting to know you conversation but you've known each other biblically already anyway and your body is like i mean what are we fucking talking about let's get after it yes you know? that so, exactly and, yeah and i understand that but i i think that there's also the ability to communicate and bond during sex because having sex with somebody is a way to get to know them all right but it's yeah, sure. in other words i i the sex isn't just physical you know there is more to sexual and sexuality than just body on body or as we're saying here bumping uglies um which is i agree bad bear that's it's, it's a hilarious one bumping uglies but uh yeah no i mean there is more to it there is the the communication there is the bonding there is the oxytocin there is a mixture of pheromones there's this powerful cocktail that can also include let's just communicate and get to know each other you know hell ask somebody during sex by the way what is your favorite flavor of ice cream just to case you know i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with having those conversations at that time so so okay so wait a minute so <laughs> the, the, the thing that's going through my mind is like okay so you're doing the four-legged frolic right and you're you're changing positions and maybe you know trying to make sure somebody doesn't fall off the bed or whatever and no. all of a sudden somebody says so where did you go to graduate school mm -hmm. like <laughs> like I'm thinking, okay, we could just keep talking through sex. Sure. You yeah. know, like, you what's your Why favorite color? I, I mean, mean what's your favorite color? Cause like, <laughs> yeah, you know, by the way, you would look great in green. Yeah, sure. It would, it would bring out yeah. your eyes. I mean, again, why not? Why do we treat sex like no, I know, that's true. Have this conversation? I mean, you know, and, and that, that's what I mean by that. You know, I think, yeah, it'd be hilarious. It'd be, it'd be funny. Of course I would, lose my concentration the first time somebody used the phrase four-legged frolic but <laughs> but i mean i love, I, 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 I love my euphemisms have a, i mean i have um gone down on somebody and said hang on a second i want to check my heart rate you know like literally i've been doing that Be and because i'm curious you know by the way always wear your your fitness tracker because the steps that you have during sex count um <laughs> so it, I learned that a long time ago. It's fantastic. So yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with that, with the communication, but I think that, because here's the thing, if you can communicate with somebody while you're both naked and fucking, then communication in general in that relationship is easier. I mean, it really is. If you can communicate with somebody in the middle of having sex while they're going down on you, you're going down on them, while you're flipping positions, while they're facing the other way and you're railing them, I mean, if you can communicate at that time, and by the way, you probably, it's not a bad idea to, because let's be honest, masks are gone. All those sort of veils are down, at least most of them anyway, mm -hmm. and whatnot. And you are in an embrace that is unique and primal and very, very human. Why not communicate then? You know, why do we have to wait until we're all dressed and, and heart rates are back down and we're sipping tea to have adult conversations when you're in the middle of doing something that's very, very adult and bonding <laughs> and whatnot? Um, and I don't know if, if you've got anything else to, to say on that, but uh, there was a question asked by uh, John B. that I wanted to get back to um, Nookie, so okay. I promised I would, but it was uh, okay. Get there. back to it. Yeah. So uh, John B. was asking, "What should you have in your slut kit?" This is something we can probably talk about at another time. Um, my so, but I'll tell you at a minimum what I always have in mind. 
multiple different types of condom. Um, I will say this, I am moving more and more to non-latex because if people don't have a latex allergy, if you use enough latex, you will get one eventually. Uh, and more and more, there are non-latex um, options available. So I always have multiple types of condoms. Uh, and by the way, multiple types is latex, non-latex, lubricated, not lubricated, internal and external. Uh, mm -hmm. Check the dates on those things do expire. Um, I usually have uh, more than one type of lube, both water-based and silicone. Um, mm -hmm. I always keep a bag full of nitrile gloves in mine um, because there are so many things you can do with a gloved and lubed hand that are phenomenal. Um, I usually keep things like, you know, like either breath mints or a little mouthwash bottle. Uh, and I always keep antibacterial wipes. Uh, anything else, other things I've seen is um, people use like Ziploc bags, Q-tip, whatever. Uh, things for quick cleanup and stuff like that. But at a minimum, you should have your prophylaxis uh, and, and whatnot. And uh, depending on how big it is, I've got two. One is a bigger one that I throw in my, you know, check luggage when I travel. And one is a smaller one that I usually will have nearby somewhere when I'm on a date or something like that. It just depends on what you're bringing and what you're using. So those are um, a couple of basic things. If you want a more detailed list, you can hit me up or I can point you towards a book. Uh, Dr. Liz Powell's book about um, open relationships. She actually has a sample of what you could put in one in there. And um, so that's awesome. um, another useful thing too. So there you go. So I want okay. to answer that. So, so uh, don't forget the towel. And I, that's actually one of the things I was going to say. I was going to say, it's always good to have a hand towel um, if you can. And I keep um, them around my house. I'd never go anywhere without a hand towel. Never. Non-scented, non-colored baby wipes. Mm -hmm. are great for sensitive bits. Um, but the towel, let me just say, there was there was, there was was a time when uh, Pat and I, we were out to dinner and uh, I was wearing a cute little short thing with long high boots. And um, every time I went to the bathroom, like I would tease him and send him messages and pictures and whatever. And I was sitting across the table and I pulled my dress down all the way to like, you know, just where the nipples were showing and like, um, so teasing him mercilessly throughout. And when we left and we got out into the parking lot, he opened my door for me and then shoved me up against the car, reached up under my skirt. And let me just say that there were about two inches of water in my boots. Maybe not so much water, but two inches of liquid in my boots by the end of that. I would have killed. I would have, I would have given everything I was worth to have a towel to clean up my leather boots <laughs> so towels are good yeah 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 i i didn't say that because i literally always travel with one either in my pocket or over my shoulder it's just a thing that i've always done literally since i was a freshman in high school so i've always kept a towel with me so yeah there's a bunch of other things you can put in your kits um but yeah towels are extremely important important for yeah. moisture and for various other things. Um, another thing I throw in my suitcase when I travel is I actually have absorbent pads because I have interacted with people who are of the liquid persuasion during sex. Um, and it's just great to save mattresses. Are you saying WAPs? What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Liquid <laughs> persuasion, tidal waves, tsunami pussies. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Vulvas that gush, okay? God, you're just going to make me use the words, aren't you? <laughs> use your words, Zach. Use hey, your words. What did I say? I'm a straight shooter. I don't mind. I'm, I'm over here looking at phrases like goody bits, doing the slap and tickle and four-legged frolic. So, um, 
Yeah, yes, using the words, yes. People that get ridiculously wet and it becomes a flood zone. You need to have flood insurance before you go down on them, that type of stuff. So <laughs> yep. flood insurance is literally absorbent pads that I carry with I me. Mean, people like to take like puppy pads, which are disposable. I found that like for eight, nine bucks you, or something like that, you can get like these absorbent pads that come in a little box. You can fold them up. They're washable and you can crib, reuse them. Crib protectors, mattress protectors, you can cut it. Like for our home, we have a full mattress protector that we've just cut cut the um, fitted part off so we can throw it down yeah, anytime to protect the bed. Very, yeah. very good to have in your home kit. Yeah, so. Liberator makes one, but it's really, really expensive. I just prefer the little simple ones. Yeah, that are, you I mean, can get them. They come, yeah, they're, they, they're about three feet square um, and <laughs> they're fantastic, you know, because you can just literally throw it down, put a towel on top of it if it bothers you that much, protect your sheets. I just bought a $2,000 mattress, so I've got a mattress protector on that. You know, Hell yeah. Because yeah, oh, yeah. you want to protect your mattress, but you also want to protect the sheets that you're going to be sleeping on later. So like one person doesn't or both people don't have to sleep in the remarkably quickly cooling lake. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Not to mention your feather comforter or whatever it is yeah. you have. You know, it's just no. Yeah. No. Sometimes it is fun to make someone sleep in the wet spot. Hello, sadist. But um, sure. You know, sometimes that is fun to do. But that's but yeah, an intentionality thing. Right. Yeah, that's, that's being intentional. <laughs> and again, you want to make sure the wet spot is in the right place. So there you go. Right. Not on your side of the bed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely, John. The, the the infamous wet spot. Yeah. It's, um, it, it, it's fun to use sometimes. So, but yeah, I mean, you want to make sure that you are curating your wet spot. You don't want it to just kind of happen haphazardly. Curating so. your wet spot. So today we have covered sex on the <laughs> first date. <laughs> and apparently how to build your slut kit. So fabulous. Yeah. Well, I mean, we briefly went over, we can talk about it later, the full slut kit. Oh yeah, I think I think we should definitely do a full slut kit discussion. Bring yeah. Dr. Liz on, Yeah. see what possible. they have to say and yeah, go from there. Okay.